Hello, everybody. Welcome to Eternal Leadership. And I had an email that popped in the other day from a friend of mine and said, Carlos Rosales has written a book and he would love to be on your podcast. And man, I was so fired up. Carlos, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So delighted to be here, John. Thank you very much. Carlos and I first met, we were going through the Professional Christian Coaching Institute, the Essentials of Leadership Coaching. Carlos is involved with Convene. We might talk a little bit about Convene. It's a mastermind uh, roundtable group for Christian business owners. And I'll just, I just want to throw out a plug there out there, Carlos. If you are a business owner and you have a kingdom perspective and you are not in community with your peers in a roundtable environment, I really think you're missing out on a critical uh, ingredient to truly having or really having uh, a kingdom impact. It's going to just accelerate. I know what's already on your heart, right? So just uh, something to follow up on. But so Carlos is a convenience chair. He's had an incredible just journey in business. We're going to hear about some of that. What I'm excited about talking about today, this has been interesting as I've been out around the country and talking to people. Carlos, I was recently working on a new project and I sat down with 10 leaders in different industries, different areas, different size from small to very large organizations. And I did an interview with them. And part of the questions that I asked, there was an answer that came up with every single leader. And that was this. When I asked them what was missing, what, you know, what mm -hmm. is something aspirational in their life? Here's what they said, that I would like to live life fully alive. That's now, right. I don't know exactly what it looks like. I don't know how to get there, but I just know that I do not have it right now. Now, think about that. This was across the board, and this was uh, of these 10 leaders, six of them were believers and four weren't, and they used almost the same language. Wow. I mean, That's think incredible. about that. So I think this notion of living a life fully alive, living a life uh, where you're actually feeling a high level of peace, right? Which means, you know, absence of anxiety and stress and joyful where you're actually, how you're showing up in the world and walking through the world is disconnected from all these external events that when we are not really in a, I think, mature relationship with Christ, tend right. to influence everything about us. So Absolutely. you've written a book, it's about 10X for Christ, discovering this 10X lifestyle in Jesus. And I know this is a passion for you. So everybody out there listening, that's what we're going to be talking about. How do we take that next step? toward, hey, let's 2X and then 3X and then 4X and let's let's be moving toward 10X. For me, just jumping to 10 might be kind of a big gap, but you know what? Carlos has laid out a path to get to 10. But so before we jump into that, Carlos, I'd love to turn it over to you and let the audience get to know you a little bit as I have about your journey, about your story, about some of the ups and downs that have kind of shaped you to to do what you're doing now. Well, I think I appreciate the opportunity, John. It's exciting to, to have gone on this journey because I've been walking with the Holy Spirit now for several years, and it's just, it's so exciting. And, and when I say that, I don't mean that I haven't been a believer for a long time, but I have. But the reality is when you fully, fully engage in this 10X lifestyle, it's a different journey. And so my journey starts, uh, I'll go back to 1978. I tell people that I had two significant things happen in my life. 
One is I met Jesus Christ. I gave my life to Christ in 1978. But secondly, and certainly not as important, as, as valuable, if you will, but I met Zig Ziglar, the motivational speaker. And he had a huge impact on my life and helped me understand the, the value of the self-concept and how important it was to have a healthy one. And I eventually went to work for Zig, worked for him for five and a half years, and just really loved the man. Though he has a huge influence on my life early on. Yeah, but what I realized is that in my journey from 1978 up until maybe the last 10 years, I had not fully embraced many of the promises of God. And so, so much of that I, it was revealed in this 10X book, uh, 10X for Christ. It's really a devotional journey. So what I've hopefully done, and I think it's proven true with some of the readers already, is laid out a path over the 52 weeks where you can spend time in the, in, in the Word, Monday through Friday, and really examine your faith and where you are. At the end of the day, what I believe the transformation can be, for me, it was for me, is to begin to see yourself through the eyes of Christ and not through anybody else's lens. And that's the transformation, and that's where it begins. Well, yeah, and kind of leading into that, almost have to be ready for transformation. What are, you know, as you went through life meeting Zig, what were some of the biggest challenges that you personally had to work through, Carlos? Well, I think the biggest thing is the negative self-concept. You know, when you don't love yourself, it's hard to imagine God loving you. And so it's accepting that and understanding that. And what I believe, and, and this is what the first 10 weeks deal with in the devotional, it's called East to West. And what it does, it really helps you understand, number one, God's total forgiveness, because the Bible tells us that our sins are forgiven from as far as the east is to the west. But what does that mean, and, and how, do you, how do you continue to transform your life from that point forward? So for me, it was you know, growing up in a dysfunctional family and, and not believing in myself in a lot of ways, and having people come alongside of me, but more importantly, how the Holy Spirit I allow the Holy Spirit to transform me, to certainly fully walk with me and in me so that I could actually begin the transformation. So my biggest struggle for my almost my entire life was that whole concept of I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, and so on and so forth. And I think as long as we listen to those little voices in our mind, instead of listening to what the power of God can do, uh, we're, we're going to all be doomed because we all have baggage. And, and that was my biggest struggle from probably from day one. Okay, now that's an important point because I, I think everybody out there listening can resonate to everything that you just said. First of all, when I used to hear love yourself so you can love others, right? Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know how to do that. Right. And I did feel oftentimes, especially when you're raised in a performance culture, kind of almost the whole Western culture, right? Like you have to earn an attaboy you have to do incredibly hard work to get somebody to, you know, maybe even just, you know, give you a nod or even to say, you know, some of us were raised in a family where you would just work anything it took to get that one, maybe hug or I love you. Right. And here's where I'm going with this is I remember when I became a new believer and that my whole experience with humanity was all this kind of performance-based uh, kind of where things came from. Everything had to be earned. That was my, my world in the military as an entrepreneur and my family. 
And so I naturally took that into my understanding and my relationship with who God was. So I was this new believer. I was on fire. I was excited. But at the time, I didn't really understand God's nature. Uh, and, right. and I'm just sharing this because I know for me, as I really worked at understanding God's nature and who Christ was, that is what revealed who I really was from God's perspective. And I'd love to ask you, because I know you've worked with so many people around the world and leaders. What have you found also, either in your own life or in others, that helps people start to move away from that, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, because that is an identity that is that is not in alignment with who God sees when he looks at us. Because he looks at us and say, you're redeemed, you are sanctified, you are loved, you are my workmanship, and I love you unconditionally. And for some of us, just even accepting that is, is a challenge. Well, I, that's a great question, John. And I think the, the th first thing I think we need to understand and recognize is this is a transformation. It just doesn't happen. You know, when I first became a believer in 1978, I, I thought of Moses and the Ten Commandments, right? Mm -hmm. I was going to go up to the mountain. I was going to come down. My hair was now white, and I had these stone tablets, and everything was going to be great. I was going to be able to walk with God every day, and it just didn't work that way because there's so many things that we carry around in our own head. So I think the, the, the biggest thing is, first of all, I mean, you know, it, it's a slow process. And that's why this devotional is written to take you through it on a day-by-day on -day basis. Over 10 weeks, you're going to focus on the whole idea of what I call East to West, understanding that we're God's gift and his gift to us and his son, uh, uh, forgiveness, overcoming darkness, East to West, acceptance. Those are just some of the, the chapters each week. But the point of it is this. If we are consistent every day with seeking God's direction, seeking his wisdom, seeking his word, and then speaking that back to ourselves, I think that's what begins that transformation. But what happens is we start listening to that little voice in our head that says, I'm not good enough. Uh, I'm afraid of this, whatever the case may be. And so what I've learned to do over the years is to pray that back to God and, and speak to that voice in a positive manner understanding that God's promises are real. The Bible isn't written as a, as a suggestion book or uh, thoughts to, 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 to live by. Well, it is thoughts to live by, but it's not the inspirational kind of thing. It's, it's concrete promises that God has given us. And if we start to embrace those on a day-in, day-out basis, again, it's a journey. You're going to have setbacks like anything else when you're overcoming things. You've got to keep moving forward, though. It's a, it's a slow and day-to-day -day process. Yeah, and the second section of the book is this area of masterpiece, right? You're moving from east to west, right? Talking about, you know, forgiveness and acceptance and those things you just talked about. But now it's almost, then you kind of get into this transformation of actually starting to look at ourselves from a completely different perspective. Absolutely. And what does that look like? Let's say somebody goes through this whole masterpiece section, what do you see in people that really kind of embrace with this part of the journey? Well, for me, John, once you get past the first part, and that's accepting yourself in Christ and, and forgiving, you know, what's behind you and, and not looking at the past, now you can begin to say, okay, I'm a new creation in Christ. So what does that mean? Well, you're a child of the living God. So what does that mean? Think about this for a minute. If I, if I lived in the palace, right? And 
and, and I'm one of the, the chosen one of the king, how am I going to act? How am I going to behave? And understanding that, that we can walk with the full protection, the full armor of God. And we talk about it in, in one of the chapters. And the Bible talks in Isaiah about soaring with wings like eagles. And so again, you're starting to really understand who you are in Christ because we're the children of the living God. So it talks about being a royal priest. What does that mean? To mean, it, it, it simply means that we're going to walk every day as God has called us to walk. And then giving thanks and, and allowing God to work in us. And then once, once finally is, is all things, remembering that verse in the Bible that says all things work together for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And see, to me, that's a real promise. But again, if we haven't gotten past the first section, it's difficult for us to walk that way. So the, the good news is if we start to begin to see ourselves and, and through Christ's eyes instead of our own, and we recognize the Holy Spirit indwells in us, it begins to transform us into who God wants us to be. So it, we do become a masterpiece, if you will. We do begin to, to reflect God's best in our lives. Yeah, and I think that verse is so important uh, for some of you that might not be familiar. I guess it was eight years ago now. I had an accident that put me in the hospital for two years. I had 23 surgeries, but it should not have been survivable. And at the accident, I was in God's presence, and he showed up there. And he spoke to me audibly. It's the only time that's actually ever happened in my life. But the first thing that he said to me, Carlos was all things work together for good for those that love the Lord. And I honestly didn't know laying there at the time that came from Romans 8.28. Mm -hmm. But what that has always said to me is two things. Is A, that gave me in my recovery, which was so difficult, and all of us have had challenges and adversity in those valley times that we walk through, is that all this is going to work together for good. And I might not even see it at all right now. But God does. And what that gave to me, uh, Carlos, was just enough hope every day to just kind of tr to try, gave me the courage to try to just keep taking small steps forward. Right. And the other thing is that it helped me kind of change the context of looking also at things that I had been through in the past and start looking at them differently. Is what if that, instead of maybe defining me or being... Uh, something very painful or like, you know, uh, almost from a victim approach. Why did that happen to me? Start looking at it from a perspective of, you know what, all things work together. So is that something that God can use if I start looking at it differently in my life today in the presence? And what I have found is some of the people that I get to work with and serve, had I not gone through some of the stuff I've gone through in my life, I would not be able to to really serve them powerfully in the present. And I got to tell you, there's so we could do probably an entire podcast episode about just the meaning of that one verse. But I think hope Absolutely. that God has a plan that all the stuff we've been through actually does work together. And just accepting that for me was really honestly transformational, I think. quite Well, that's encouraging to hear that story, John. And you know, what I hear sometimes is that I've heard preachers say this, that so many times we act like spiritual paupers. Mm -hmm. We don't embrace the promises of God. And this is the whole challenge here with the 10X, is recognize who you are truly in Christ and as he sees you, so that you don't have to be a spiritual pauper. You can walk with boldness 
and with the conviction that you're walking in his will, you're walking in his authority, and therefore you can transform your, not only yourself, but others. And to me, that's the exciting part of this journey is to be able to see the transformation, not only in my own life, but in the lives of others. Very exciting. Now, question for you, you know, your life, you know, what you do at Convene, you work with very high level business owners. You've been in business, you know, coming out of that context of working with so many leaders, you know, what was kind of the origin of 10X for Christ? How did it come about, especially even in the context of people that are really trying to, you know, affect kingdom change in the world? Well, it's an interesting story, but the way 10X came about is that I had been asked to do a, um, a devotional for some of the convened leaders in California, and it just so happens I had been studying the book of Daniels while, prior to preparing for that. And it really struck me, and I'll kind of walk the three steps through that, but if you think about this for a minute, John, these young men, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel, were 17 18 years old, we don't know exactly, but they're now, they're slaves in captivity, okay? Now think about this, you're 17, 18 years old, you're a slave, but all of a sudden, you're given an opportunity to serve on the king's court, which means you have access to all the food and all the wine that serves at the king's table. Now, if I was 17, 18 years old, in a slave in captivity, I might have said, this is God's blessing. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to party on, right? But these young men said, no, we don't want to do that because it'll defile our Jewish customs and it will not honor our God. And the guy that was in charge... So what you're really highlighting there, there was a significant temptation in that moment for these guys that we might, you know, kind of gloss over as we just read that passage. That's exactly right. But they were willing to say, we're going to forgo that. And the guy who was in charge said, wait a minute. If you guys get sick and aren't healthy, the king's not going to kill you. He's going to kill me. So Daniel said, let's just try it. And this is the one thing I'd like to read from the beginning of the book. It's Daniel 1.20. It says, after testing in all manners requiring information and balanced judgment, the king found these young men's advice 10 times better than that of the skilled magicians and wise astrologers in his realm. So these were the these were the scholars. These were the brilliant people. And yet these four young Jewish boys were four times wiser. And then if you go forward in the book of Daniel, you realize that the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were given a choice to either worship the bronze statue or be thrown in the fiery furnace. And so what did they say to the king? King, go ahead and throw us in there. We're not going to change. God will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to change. And then a little bit further in the book, Daniel is faced with similar circumstances where he won't quit praying to God, so he's going to face the lion's den, and he refuses to stop praying. He gets thrown in the lion's den. We all know the story. So what led me to, to really think about this and, and to write this devotional was that you and I are never going to face the fiery furnace. We're never going to be thrown in a lion's den. So why can't we walk with that kind of boldness, without that kind of confidence, and with that kind of conviction to serve God in a fresh new way? And to me, that's the, the genesis of being a 10 Xer, saying, what difference can I make today in my community, in my family, in my place of business? And so 
getting back to your question, that was the inspiration for me to start challenging the men and some women that I work with to be able to live a bolder life. And so as a result of all of this, my new life mission, and this is written in the book, is to speak truth into men's lives and help them be their best self in Christ Jesus. And so that's really my mission is to help my clients and, and really everybody, the readers of this book, the listeners of your podcast, to really boldly examine their life and say, how can I be 10x? I love that you said that because that, you know, your devotion is like a roadmap on how to move toward that place that you just described in Daniel. And the section after masterpiece is abundance. And when you say abundance, what kind of abundance is that? Well, I think certainly it starts in the heart. If, If I don't have joy in my life, I can't live an abundant life. But joy is not, does not come from for my circumstances, joy comes with the recognition of Christ has already done all that he ever needs to do for us. He gave his life for us. But there's so much more there. There's that power of walking in gratitude and, and, and having a, a, an outlook of, of knowing that you're going to do something for Christ in a great way. Uh, I've been through some challenges that you have, and yet I can wake up every morning and have joy in my life. I can have peace in my life because I know whom I serve. And I think that's where it starts. It's the whole idea of, of recognizing the fruits of the Spirit is, is being strong in Christ and, and having agreement with Christ and having agreement with the Holy Spirit. From time to time, we're not going to be in 100% agreement. In fact, when I got the call to write this book, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, and my first reaction was like Moses. Wait a minute, you got the wrong guy here. I'm not an author. I, I, what, what am I going to do? And yet, one of the things that comes out of the abundance part of this is fully embracing who Christ is in your life and allowing him to work in your life. So this book is a result of me being obedient and listening to the Holy Spirit. So I like to jokingly said, if you like the devotional, it's give credit to the Holy Spirit. If you don't, it was my fault. I didn't listen well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it sounds like when you share, right, there's the the foundation to this is really joy. And what would you say the difference is between joy and happiness? Well, to me, happiness is circumstantial. It's, you know, I'm happy today, but tomorrow something's going to happen. I'm not going to be happy. But joy is that thing, that one thing that inside of you cannot be robbed. And, you know, you said something a minute ago, John, about going back and looking at some of your past experiences and what you've learned from those and how you're able to help others because of those experiences. To be able to experience joy during those periods, it's not a joyful experience when you have somebody that's close to you that might die or, or whatever the case may be, but it's that inner peace, if you will, understanding that you are called according to God's purpose and to walk that way every day. So happiness is basically, to me, it's very limiting. It can be fleeting. Uh, When I look at happiness in my life, I want to cherish those times where I really did find some really happy times, but at the end of the day, live every day with joy and just experience that in my heart. Yeah, I love that. Because I I think sometimes when we feel like, hey, I'm, I'm not happy, right? There, We just had a financial setback, a health setback, like you said, a untimely death. I just had two friends in the last week diagnosed with cancer, Mm -hmm. but they're not happy. No, 
but we can walk through that in partnership with the father. Amen. Right. We can walk through that with Jesus. And in that we can be joyful because almost back to Romans eight twenty eight, right? Right. That all things do work together for good. That in Ephesians two ten, right? We are Christ's perfect workmanship. Amen. All this stuff, right? It. And I remember uh, one of the other things that God said to me at the accident uh, was, "The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord." And I went back, and I didn't know at the time, honestly, uh, that that came from Job. So I've read Job a number of times. And I remember Job talking in there once that, you know, God is so big. Even he cares about me personally and deeply and dearly. That's something that was transformational for me being in God's presence. I didn't, I never understood the unconditional love he has for me. I remember being in his presence and, no, and having the knowledge that anything else I'd ever done in my past, every decision I'd ever made, good, bad, or otherwise, things I'm, that, that are really, you know, I'm, I'm not proud of that are full of shame and guilt mm-hmm. are not even relevant to the relationship he has right now in the present with me. And, and to realize the God of the universe actually cared about me individually and had a relationship with me that he was inviting me into Carlos mm-hmm. was, Oh my gosh, like in an instant changed everything. Absolutely. Uh, but to also realize that he is so big, his plans are so big and generational and, you know, they're, they encompass the whole world that I'm not going to understand them. So what I realized was walking through some of these things, God never promises us an explanation, but what he does promise us is to walk with us through it. And I got to tell you, that was a place of incredible, that's how I found joy in the midst of some really challenging circumstances, even though I wasn't happy about the circumstances, if, if that makes sense. Perfect sense. Uh, 18 years ago, I lost my daughter at the age of 28. And, mm. and certainly it was not a joyful time, but I mean, a happy time, excuse me. But I had joy in knowing that she was in a better place. She was place. She was with the Savior and that I would see her again. But the other thing is that I knew that God, it was a part of God's purpose. Didn't necessarily understand it, but I trusted him enough to be able to say, I'm okay with this happening because I know you've got a bigger plan. And it's not easy, but I think that's what it's all about is, is learning to say thank you or be grateful or be joyful, even though when you don't understand the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you title the book 10X. I'm guessing that there's a reason that you chose 10, not 7, not 100, not five. Where where did 10x come from as you were putting all this together? Well, it really started with Daniel 120. It says they were 10 times. And so I got to thinking, okay, so what does that mean? If they're 10 times wiser, could we be 10 times stronger? Could we be 10 times bolder? And so that's really was the the genesis of that. It's just taking it straight out of Daniel 120, where it says they were 10 times. In this case, it was wisdom. Yeah, I love that because, you know, in, it's so in context with our world, right? Scale of one to 10 and just moving. I kind of think of, you know, like if I look at where everything is in my life, right? If I'm, uh, let's say you just did a self-assessment. And part of that is you actually have a, a great questionnaire. Uh, the website for the book, uh, everybody, is 10X for Christ. That's the one zero, so the number 10, then X, and then the number four. So 10x4christ.org, 
you can find some information about the book, but there's also an assessment there. But as you kind of look at all that you put together, the way I like thinking about it, let's say you did that assessment and you come back as a five or a four, you're like, wow, that's a huge gap. Right. Um, but what I love thinking about, what helps me is I like thinking about, hey, what does a plus one look like? If I had looked at all that and said, okay, I'm a four out of 10, what would it look like just moving to a five? Right. What would I need to do, right? If we're in community, you're in a, a convene group, you're in a Bible study, you're in a pinnacle forum, whatever you happen to be in, having that community and people around you to share is, you know, uh, I think that's also so helpful is doing a devotional like this with others because now you can actually start talking and sharing, well, you know, this is really where I am. I'm kind of being, you know, vulnerable and a little bit, of, you know, about things going on in my life, my faith. And God understands that some of these questions we struggle with. Sure. Right. And I think, you know, being able to share with other people what it looks like to just take that next small step forward. And I get to a five and I might drop back to a four and a half, but then I say, okay, now what does a six look like? Right. But as long, I think as long as I'm intentionally working to make those steps forward, I grow my influence, I grow my impact, I grow that sense of now being activated in living life fully alive. And that's where I wanted to move toward. And that's where I believe I operate out of now because it's been, since my accident, it's been very intentional uh, what I've been doing and working on. And you wrap up the book, the last section is about finishing well. And I think if we just even listen to that notion, man, who, who wouldn't want to finish well? I remember eight years ago when I was laying in the hospital bed and the doctor comes in and says, we have to do emergency brain surgery because of all the damage in your head. And what mm -hmm. I'm, even though I'd just been in God's presence, Carlos, and he told me that he was going to heal me. In that moment, I remember laying there in my bed when he was describing the surgery to my wife, convinced that the next weekend was my funeral. And I started thinking about what everybody's going to say, right? And everybody says nice right. things at the front of the church. I mean, that's what you do. But what would people really say afterwards, right there at the reception, or even a few months later, or two years later, or three years later? And what I realized was if that had been the end, I had not lived a life. So the use of my life would outlive my life. I had not finished well. Mm-hmm. And what does it look like to finish well, Carlos? Let me interject one thing real quick as it relates to the 10X for Christ devotional. It's also a devotional, uh, and it's a journal. So every day there's four different Bible verses you're asked to read, and then there's some reflection that I've written. But the important part of this is there are several lines there for you to actually write your own reflection. So that's, to me, what begins the transformative journey. It's not only listening to what I've written or reading, but also starting to, to journal where you are on that specific thing. And then there's a specific prayer written every day uh, relevant to that specific topic. So if it's the full armor of God, the prayers are written around that. And so what you said all earlier, it's really a step-by-step. -step. And, and I really wanted to mention that because a lot of people are really liking the part of the devotional where they can actually journal. So... Getting back to your question, though, finishing well, if you think about this, every one of us wants to be able to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. And something you said a minute ago that 
that you had not felt like you prepared and, and you started thinking about, you know, what people are going to say about you. And I think that's important. But what's more important is what is Christ going to say about me? You know, we're all going to stand in the Bema Seat of Judgment, and he's going to be able to reward us for our good deeds. We're not going to be judged based on our sins because those are forgiven. Those are gone as far as the East and the West. But what is he going to be able to say to us? And he's, is he going to be able to say those words, well done, good and faithful servant? So what I look at is that once you get past the forgiveness aspects and living in the abundance, starting to look like a 10Xer, there's uh, 10 weeks on that. The final 10 weeks are the finishing well part of that. And that is really wearing, uh, looking forward to the day where you're actually going to be able to give, be given the crown of life. So what I like to think about in the finished well section, the 10 weeks of 10X for Christ, it's all about, as, as uh, Stephen Covey would say, beginning with the end in mind. So where do we want to end up? And if we have a clear vision for that day where we could get the crown of life, it's going to motivate us to, to do things like uh, just really serve others and be willing to be sent. Um, you know, if you remember that book, that verse in Isaiah where Christ said, or God says, who shall I send? And Isaiah says, send me. Mm-hmm. Do we have that kind of an attitude? Are we willing to, to go? Now, here's the thing. I want to, I want to share this with all your listeners is that a 10X lifestyle doesn't mean that the minute you read this book or the minute you hear this podcast, that now you have to enjoy, go to the foreign mission field. Wherever you are today, the idea here is to take one step at a time to getting to that 10X lifestyle and being willing and available to the Holy Spirit to let him work in you so that maybe you can transform your family. Maybe it's transforming your community. And it just starts there. It's a slow process, but if you're engaged every day, it'll be transformational. And, and you know, a year from now, you're going to see much different things. So I think we need to learn to, to be refined by the, uh, the Holy Spirit in terms of finishing well. We need to trust God. We need to learn to teach. And then we develop an action plan. And that's part of the, the whole finishing well on the last week of the devotional, which week 52 is writing on an action plan. Yeah, and I love something you just said. It reminded me, somebody asked me the other day, a lot of us as leaders, we have these big dreams and aspirations about having an influence and impact in the world or in a cause or in an industry. And his question was, you want to have an influence and impact in the world, but what does it look like right around your personal direct sphere of influence? Right. Everything that you're talking about, right? If we can go in and say, you know what, as a husband, how do I improve my marriage? How do I bring this into my marriage? How do I bring this into my role as a father or a mother or a wife? And I think honestly, it starts there. And when you can really change the dynamics of who you are in relationship with, with God and bring that right into your sphere of influence, then you can bring that out the next step. And then you can bring that out the next step because when we are on that journey, we might have moved from a four to a six. Right. Guess what we can do? We can help somebody else just take that next step in their life. But we have to be taking steps on that path to be in the role of almost a Sherpa, right? To help other people take right. those next steps. And I think that is that is also part of how we finish well, but it's something we have to do with intention. 
Very much so, John. And I think the other thing, if we talk about everything we've talked about and kind of encapsulate it, is that we've got to be a witness. We've got to be salt and light. And what does the Bible say? If the salt is lost, its flavor, it's of no use. If the light, you know, didn't cast out darkness, we have to have a lifestyle that walks in abundance every day. And people say to themselves, I don't know what's up with John, but whatever he's doing, I want to be a part of that. And that's how we transform people's life. By example, in 1 John, it says they'll know us by our love. And I think that goes along with not only love, but gratitude and joy and, and passion for living. If you're excited and passionate every day, people are going to go, man, if that's Jesus in this guy's life, then I want to be a part of that. And that's, I think, we, we begin to emulate 10 xing mm. I love that. So I gave everybody the website. It's 1010, the letter X for the number four, Christ.org. Is there any other ways to get in touch with you where the book is, where they can get the devotional? Uh, they can certainly get the devotional on my website, but it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart even has it on online. They can order it and they can always contact me directly. If they'll go to my website, all my contact information is there. I'd love to be, I have an opportunity to come to speak to men's groups or Bible studies, whoever wants to have me to talk about the 10X lifestyle, because I think it's such an exciting opportunity for us to be emboldened, to get out there and make a difference every day. Get off, get off the bench, if you will, and get in the game. And if they go to your website, there's a link right there for the 10X assessment. And if they take the assessment, they can also get the book that way, right? Yes, they can. As a matter of fact, anybody that takes the assessment will immediately get a code so they can actually order the book at a 40% discount, one per uh, assessment, but it's a great way to get started. So you, once you take the assessment, you're going to know where your grade is, so to speak, or where, where you scored, and then you can make the decision to move on. Wonderful. And, um, you know, Carlos, as we kind of just wrap this up, what are just some final thoughts you'd like to leave with everybody? Well, I think I've already said it, but I just want to reiterate it. John, it doesn't matter where you are. You could be a corporate executive. You could be a pastor. You could be somebody that works in a plant. You may feel like, you know, I, I'm really not good at speech, as Moses said, or I don't understand the Bible. But wherever you are, Christ has a plan for your life. So seek that plan. Seek direction. Seek wisdom. And little by little, you'll be transformed. If I look at my own life, I was not the guy that I ever thought I would, you know, today, I never saw myself being here. But when you start seeing yourself through guys' eyes, your eyes look up, your whole vision, you are transformed. Mm, that's awesome. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you for pouring out your life and writing this, for coming on and sharing, and just for, for being a friend. And I just ask that God just blesses everything you do and just is a part of this transformation as people go through this and i just think it'd be awesome if uh, everybody in our audience if this is something you do reach out to carlos and just let him know just encourage him by letting him know what happened as you went through this journey and and had carlos as as a part of it in the background which is pretty awesome thank you john i really look forward to that <laughs>